0: everybody, what's going on? Tom Lydon checking in. It is the beautiful Monday of March 27th, and I wanted to go solo today to spend a couple minutes with you and just talk about the last few weeks, because the last few weeks have been filled with a ton of peaks and valleys and life lessons and really amazing takeaways that I wanted to share with you a little bit. So it started... Actually, even more than three weeks, I would say four weeks because it was about four weeks ago on the 27th, a Monday, that uh, we were very fortunate to be able to place my mom in hospice care. And for those of you who have never experienced hospice before, I highly recommend it. And I've only had one experience with one place, so I can only share my experience with that place, but that place was Seasons Hospice up in Milton, up Route 28. We were very fortunate on that Monday, the 27th, to learn that there was an opening at Seasons, and after we had accomplished the mission, my mom always said, no nursing home, kids. We had accomplished that mission. We had kept her in her apartment at Highland Glen here in Westwood for the last four years since she and dad moved up in 2019. But having accomplished that mission, we felt very comfortable in making that move to the hospice center because what happens at the end is awful. You know, your parents just aren't what you thought, what you knew, and you can't really come to terms with it. It is a very jarring and difficult time of anybody's life when Their parents are near the end of life, but all you can hope for is that you're in alignment with your siblings, and I was very blessed and lucky to be 100% in alignment with my two amazing sisters, Peggy and Patty, and that week was really beautiful because once we learned when we were at the Beth Israel in Boston that there was an opening at the hospice care facility in Milton, and we were really shifting the care of mom from palliative, or, or I guess from maintenance to palliative and hospice, the mind shift changes. And we were able to move her over to the hospice center, and she was there for what ended up being about three and a half days. And what I think was most amazing was how nice the place was. I mean, gosh, we walked in, and it was like a beautiful hotel room. She had her own bed and private bathroom and unlimited visitors. You could be there 24-7, and everybody had room. And Peggy was actually able to decorate the room in only the way that she could to make it feel as much like home as possible and if nothing else to allow the caregivers who did such a great job when they came into the facility to really understand what mom was what she looked like when she was younger the beauty of all these photos from back in the 50s and 60s all the way through today a couple of photos with mom and dad and you know, we listed so many of the relatives' names on the board so that the caregivers would know who we were. And you know, all of those who were closest to mom really had a great opportunity to visit her in those final days. And if you've ever had a loved one in the hospital, I think most of us are used to a specific image. You go into the hospital room and you see that loved one attached to a ton of things, whether it be a monitor or an IV or a this or a that and beep, beep, beep. Burp, burp, burp. You know, it's crazy. It's just what you become accustomed to. And it's unsettling at first, but honestly, you kind of get used to it. And that was what I expected a bit in the hospice facility. But the amazing thing about it is that when you make that shift and it's more about comfort and bringing that person to the finish line, all of that's gone. She had nothing attached to her. Mom just had oxygen. And for those last few days, that was it. And there was no struggle. There was no pain. I can't believe that the human body can exist and function. And I know she ultimately died, but she didn't eat. Her last meal was Friday, Islington Pizza. Shout out, Maria, the whole crew over there. That was a regular with my mom, Rita. They know Rita at Highland Glen. We've talked about that on Maria's podcast here, but that was her last meal, which is somewhat poetic. So she was able to go from Friday night until Thursday morning without an ounce of sustenance. Sustenance, that's a tough word to say which just made me shake my head. It was crazy. So what happens in these final days is obviously you need to reach out to your family members. She has three surviving siblings. One is in California, one's in Long Island, and one's in Connecticut. So we were in contact with them and the families and letting everybody know what was going on and preparing them for what was the inevitable end of her life here on earth. So it was beautiful. It was really a fantastic journey. And my sisters and I, And mom's caretaker, Alice, really got a chance to spend some significant time together over that week. And we've spent a ton of time communicating with each other over the course of the last month. And I'm sure that will continue here over the course of the next few weeks because there's a number of things that still need to get done. But we were with her on the day she died on March 2nd. And I'm going to take this opportunity right now to talk about March 2nd because I don't know if any of you are into astrology or the stars, but... On March 2nd, an amazing thing happened in the sky. And if you knew my parents, this is going to ring true to you. If you didn't, a quick overview. Dad was larger than life, big red. He dominated the room. He laughed. He had a huge laugh. He had a huge presence, a huge voice. And everybody gravitated to him. And if he was a planet, he would dominate space. He would dominate the solar system. Dad was Jupiter. Well, mom was Venus. There's no question about that, in her grace and beauty and kindness. And on March 2nd, which is the day that mom died, for the first time in our sky since 2015, and for the last time in our sky until 2039, there was a conjunction of Jupiter and Venus. And I've actually used the image of Jupiter and Venus as the cover image for this podcast that you could take a look at it. Because when I saw it, it was absolutely stunning. And Jupiter's bigger, but Venus is brighter because Venus is closer. And the image of Jupiter scooping through the sky to pick up Venus and take her on the path to heaven was really unbelievably beautiful. So I've had that image blown up. I have it hanging on my wall. and It is now my favorite piece of art. So the days after and the weeks after, what happens next? A lot and it's overwhelming because people reach out and of course you appreciate that, but you almost can't absorb it all. You almost wanna take a little inventory of everything that everybody said because while it's overwhelming, it's very short-lived because in this world of 2023, you know, garbage in, garbage out, news of the day, people are giving their condolences and then boom, it's over. And then all of a sudden, here we are four weeks out and it's not like I'm longing for somebody to call me today and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry about your mom. That's not what I'm looking for or any of us are looking for. I think it's just all jammed into such a tight time frame that it's almost impossible to absorb it all. But you do your best and you're hit with these moments of emotion and what kept us on track were the number of things we had to do logistically because... We knew that the services were going to be in Connecticut. However, mom had a great group of friends at Highland Glen here in Westwood, and we knew that we needed to give them an opportunity, and us an opportunity to spend time with them to celebrate mom. So we hit that first, and we were able to do that on March 11th, which ironically was the day that my mom's father passed away back in 1982, purely coincidental but it was certainly a nice celebration at Highland Glen. Had about 50 people. Some locals here from Westwood popped in because they knew they wouldn't be able to make the trip down to Connecticut for the services down there. Had a great little party. And knew that that was the first step on the journey. We were able to get the group together, family members from across the country, for an amazing celebration down in Connecticut on the 22nd and the 23rd. And as you're planning for that, you have to buy the cemetery plot and figure out how she and dad and their remains are going to be buried together and again, logistical things that sort of keep you on track and keep you distracted from the emotional baggage that anybody who's suffering a loss is carrying. So when you're sitting at a funeral home and people pop in who you haven't seen in years or in some cases haven't thought of in quite a long time and then they just pop in and with tears in their eyes, reach out their arms and give themselves to you in sympathy. It's amazingly comforting, but it's also really empowering because it allows you to appreciate the impact that your parents had on people who you may not have realized they had an impact on. Yes, you, yes they, their paths crossed over the course of you know, 40, 50 years, maybe even longer in some cases, but to see those people and see how they've aged along with us as we've aged. And throughout that aging process, they've always had that common bond of the interaction at some point in their life with our family. And it was really an opportunity for so many people to just come in and say that your family touched our family and your parents made a difference to us. Beautiful, just an absolutely phenomenal experience. We're lucky that my parents had an amazing friendship with Father Tom Thorne. And Father Thorne originally was introduced to the Leiden family back in the late 70s when Peggy was in high school and Father Thorne was the principal of Central Catholic in Norwalk. After a number of other assignments, he ultimately was assigned to be the pastor of Assumption Parish down in Westport, Connecticut. Always get tongue-tied there because I live in Westwood now. Westport, Westwood. So he was the pastor of Assumption Parish in Westport. And his relationship with my parents was far beyond pastor and parishioner. His relationship with my parents was one of love, friendship. And we cannot be more thankful for the commitment Father Thorne made to fly across the country on a red eye and show up on the morning of the funeral and Oversee an amazing celebration in the place that mom and dad really cherished, probably a close second to their home, uh, because Assumption was truly a home for them. And mom's funeral went a little long. There's no question about that. But that was kind of her jam. You know, mom was a big time Catholic and she was a big time practicing believer in everything spiritual and prayed the rosary a ton. And my sister Peggy's eulogy was beautiful in the acknowledgement of mom's dedication to the rosary. And Patty talked about the everlasting influence of a mom. And it was great to be able to sit in the pews and listen to my sisters talk about their mom and listen to Father Thorne talk about not only mom but dad because he wasn't able to come out to Connecticut in 2020 because it was in the height of the pandemic. So being able to experience that, uh, although it was an hour and a half, that's Okay. It's okay. Mom, the the bulk of her celebration being in church was probably appropriate. <laughs> so, everybody who was with us for that time has said it was beautiful. It really was beautiful, but we appreciate your dedication and I think you all understood how important it was for us to be able to share that time with you in that very special place. And Dad's urn was with us and I carried Dad's urn out with us. And along with mom, we drove in a funeral procession around Campo Beach. One last time, we swooped to the beach, which was great, as the rain started to fall. And we ultimately ended up at Assumption Cemetery, a place that we have visited so many times over the years to pay tribute to our friends, people who we grew up in the community with, people who we went to church with, who interacted with, socialized with. And now, once again, they're neighbors with my parents And as the rain came pouring down, (laughs) my best friend, Tom Lazarga, standing side by side with his wife, Julie, who had made the trip from Omaha, Nebraska, really tied together what it meant to be family. And even if uh, you're not family by blood, you are family by kinship. Can't thank Tom enough for tying in my brother-in-law, Steve, and sharing how Steve always taught us that, you know, truly in the words of you two, we get to carry each other, and that is an honor, and that is a responsibility, and as friends and family members, the ability to step up and carry each other is something that we should take very seriously and something we should be very thankful for. Because we all have a need for that. We have a need for those other people in our lives who carry us through tough times. Beautiful celebration at Longshore. Afterwards, a group of about 15 to 20 cousins sitting around a table as the crew cleaned up the rest of the banquet hall. (laughs) Typical. And then finally they booted us out because they had a meeting the next day that they had to clear our table for. So we went over to the restaurant, a small pocket of us stayed there for a bit, and of course we ultimately retreated back to my sister Patty's room and just didn't want the day to end. And it was great to be with friends and family and just put a cap on such a great life. The next day we woke up, which was last Friday, and my sisters and I stopped by the cemetery with my nieces and Patty's boyfriend Pete, and we had a great opportunity to just sort of see the resting place. Clearly doesn't have a tombstone yet. That'll be done in due time. But to see where mom and dad are buried was nice. And we spent a couple minutes there poking around, see who their new neighbors were. Hey, there's the Taylors. Hey, here's the team and family. That was great to see and just get a sense of those who they will be hanging out with moving forward. Last stop at the Sherwood Diner before we all broke up. And that's There's still stuff to do, but I'm very grateful for this month to have spent time with those closest to me from throughout my life and really do an inventory of life and your relationships and your friendships and appreciate those who reach out in times of need. Those who came from, in my case, work, college. High school, even elementary school, my friends Sarah and Allison met them in first grade. But they were even outdone by my friend Aaron, who I met when I was three months old. So that says a little something about the journey that we're all taking together. Which isn't over, but it's different. It's okay to be traveling now this different path with a different type of interaction. It's a spiritual interaction. It's a forever interaction. And... Hopefully, anybody who's been on a journey like this or is soon to be on a journey like this can begin to soak in and appreciate everything that's around them because every day is not easy. Every emotion certainly isn't pleasant, but it's human and we're allowed to be human. So lean on your friends, lean on your family and smile and be thankful that you're surrounded by great, great people. So what's in store here for this podcast moving forward? We're good. We're back on track. I've got a few lined up already this week. You're going to start seeing more from the Westwood Living Podcast Network here in the days ahead. But I appreciate you understanding where we've been over the course of the last month and giving us that time to heal. And if anybody ever wants to chat, I'm always available, T. Leiden at bestversionmedia.com. Reach out, and I'm happy to have a conversation with you about things you're going through, things I'm going through, and the things we'll go through moving forward, hopefully together. I'll leave this one without the cheesy music. Nah, I can't help myself. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.